0: Welcome to the Houston Healthcare Initiative podcast. My name is Harold Nickel. Today we will discuss what the potential long term fallout of the coronavirus COVID 19 pandemic may be on the entire healthcare industry. Since this health emergency affected everyone, it stands to reason that whatever comes next as a result will also impact everybody. Now, here to help us navigate this situation is respected Houston-based neurologist, Dr. Stephen Goldstein. Uh, Dr. Goldstein, I know that in your practice, you've had to do things differently, like see patients over the internet. Do you think this is something you could do long-term, or will you resume business as usual or consider some, some combination?
1: Well, this depends upon what the insurance companies will cover, as well as what the regulations will be from the State Board of Medical Examiners. Patients have long ago abdicated their freedom to choose their doctor and get the service they would like, when they no longer assumed responsibility to pay the bills. If patients appreciate a doctor visit using telemedicine, we can provide the service for an nominal fee, as long as the patient pays the bill and we don't have to deal with the insurance companies. Hmm.
0: Yeah, um I think I think that pretty well says it all. But um let's uh let's shift the focus to the larger picture. What can we learn from the epidemic and what should we be doing differently?
1: Well the first takeaway is that the federal government needs to put a greater emphasis on public health. So we do not have to make such a great effort on caring for sick people. We should keep people from getting sick. Mm-hmm. Bill Gates predicted this pandemic several years ago. He views uh, a viral pandemic as a kind of war between mankind and the viruses. There have been several viral pandemics in recent memory, including HIV-AIDS, Ebola, Zika, influenza, MERS, SARS, and the last COVID-19 is not going to be the last one. He stated that we should have a standing army ready to spring into action when the virus is first found, and we should travel anywhere in the world to stamp it out before it gets started. Now, in this case, that wouldn't have worked because the epidemic started in China, and China hid it from the world and wouldn't let anybody know about it for a month or two. Uh, So it was able to get a a foothold. Mm -hmm. However, when the first cases were discovered in the U.S., we did not have a a team of epidemiologists and enough trained investigators to ascertain contacts and a plan to quarantine in a timely fashion, so we lost valuable time, and by that time it got out of control. Mm-hmm. The U.S. Public Health Service needs to be strengthened to carry out this function for the next time.
0: Yeah, and as you say, um, there will be um, a next time. How does the epidemic? How does the epidemic impact our healthcare system overall?
1: Well, this epidemic illustrates how an emphasis on public health can improve the overall health of the population and decrease the number of sick people requiring medical care. Thus, the focus on government should be working on the various other epidemics plaguing our society. Obesity, diabetes, drug and alcohol abuse, depression, suicide, Mm. these things can be handled uh, better using a public health model than taking care of people after they
0: get sick. Right. Now... It sounds good but how how can the government do this
1: well the classic public health approach is to first gather data on the problem an annual physical examination could get the information as well as data on how the any interventions we do help next we need to discern the causes of the epidemic and decide strategy to mitigate the disease for example strategies might include using the tax code to encourage healthy behavior. Similar strategies were used to encourage the use of electric cars through a tax credit. Another idea championed by Warren Buffett might be increasing the earned income credit for working families so that no family would live in poverty. This might decrease anxiety, depression, drug and alcohol abuse, and suicide. Legalizing drugs, registering users and sellers and taxing them to get money to pay for treatment would allow us to gather data and to track the results of treatment.
0: Are there, are there any other insights to be gleaned from the pandemic experience?
1: Well, yes. Even though the media that the hospitals were overwhelmed by 19 cases, patients without such infection were afraid to go to the hospital. Thus, a great many patients that normally filled hospital beds weren't there. Only patients that had no choice came. These might be patients, say, with heart attacks or strokes, coma, bacterial sepsis. Those patients really had no choice. But examples of patients that stayed away had such uh, symptoms such as dizziness or transient ischemia, palpitations, upset stomach. Uh, We learned that these patients could be evaluated as outpatients. This could significantly reduce cost. We also learn that government regulation and insurance company decisions on what is covered inhibit innovative practices that might improve quality of care and lower costs. When these are removed,
0: physicians are enabled to innovate. Well, thank you, Dr. Goldstein, for, for sharing your, uh, your opinions, direction, and expertise with us today. Now, we are in the middle of redoing the Houston Healthcare Initiative website, so when you visit there, It will look a little unfinished, and that's because it is. But there is still a lot of very useful information there, and we hope that you will use it and continue to use it as a reference for information like what Dr. Goldstein talked about today. And, of course, the address is the same, www.houstonhealthcareinitiative.org. Thank you all for listening. Tell your friends about us, and please come back next time for another edition of the Houston Healthcare Initiative podcast.